Welcome to episode 273 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk about news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. And Eric, we have a special guest today. Who's with me? Weston Gunning. That's right. My son Weston is here to talk all things Dinovember. Now, Eric, as you recall, you were briefly replaced as the co-host of this podcast for us to talk about JJK's Lunch Lady series. Totally. I do remember that. That's that's really the best series. You still a fan? Yeah. Yeah! Okay. Well, let's see. Weston, what do we usually do at this part of the podcast? I can't remember. Uh, oh, I think I remember. Okay. Bookmark. There we go. All right. Uh, Eric, what have you been reading lately? Uh, some things I can't talk about. Really? <laughs> I see. In, in the full company. Anyway, Above I read... PG level. Understood. Understood. I read uh, The Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child, which is a standalone 98-page graphic novel Frank Miller did because he hates everybody in the world. <laughs> See, uh, I, I, I read... sort of like the way that uh, Master Race, I, I kind of enjoyed some of the more recent no, stuff. No, that but... was fine, but Golden Child came out. I was like, who, who's this for? Honestly, somebody needs to stop him, and they need to stop him 20 years ago. What is what? this? Can you tell me what it is? Because I saw I saw it's, it on your it's Goodreads. A, it takes place after uh, Master Race. I sure do. Just a second. It's a combination. It's like a... It's stupid. The okay. Joker's back. All right. Darkseid is showing up. Everybody's mad. It's during the... Is during the actual election, so there's a lot of Trump references. It's, oh, jeez. It's just a mess. I don't know. And, like, the Supergirl character is there. I hated this. So um, so it's set after Master Race, though? Yes. What a yeah. weird thing to do. What a weird Because tag. Carrie Kelly is Batwoman. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember forever ago when they announced that, that he was going to do a YA Carrie Kelly graphic novel? And yeah. then they just nobody ever talked about it again after that announcement. Yeah, I think they realized like, oh wait, we just suggested Frank Miller interact with teens. Right. Pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Okay. What um, else you got? I read Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume Eleven. I love it. Keep it coming. I read The Magic Order, uh, which is by Mark Miller, and is actually it's, so it's an image comic, but it's under the Netflix like Netflix technically published this comic. Oh, well, they've got that uh, big overall deal with Mark Miller, so I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so so they published this. <laughs> no, how could we forget about you? We're just doing bookmark. It's Eric's turn. Just a sec. And they were going to uh, make it into a show, but they put it on pause because of the coronavirus. Okay. But this was a few years ago that it came out. Anyway, it's like dark Harry Potter mafia stuff. Okay. It was fine. I read the first volume of The Wicked and the Divine by Kieran Gillen, uh, which is about a bunch of people that turn out their gods and then they only have two years to live uh and then i read blood sweat and pixels the triumphant turbulent stories behind how video games are made by jason schreier which was a good read how does this how does this line up to like the other video game histories you've read oh well this is current stuff this is like he he's talking to people about how they made shovel knight how they made uh stardew valley how they made uncharted 4 oh. and like some fail stuff that didn't happen like uh star wars 1313 yeah just that, like that kind of vanished yeah. didn't it what about celeste so, did they talk about celeste they didn't talk about celeste i think celeste came afterwards this mm. was like 2018 okay so like he he's talking about how the first destiny was made and it's so funny because at the end he's like the the future of destiny is unwritten at this point I'm like well it's pretty written at this point um because it's just it, it just kind of follows how like Bungie went from not wanting to do Halo anymore yeah. to doing Halo or like the people who made Halo Wars they were the people who made Age of Empires and so it just kind of talks about that story so it's kind of like it is very turbulent stuff like people feeling like they're at the end of the rope like the Stardew Valley guy like feeling like he can't do it anymore because he's been making this project for four years by himself or the things that went wrong and how they got it out. It's it it deals a lot with a uh, crunch. It deals a lot with the stress of it and stuff. So a lot of stuff in this I knew of, but I didn't know like the intense details because maybe they were games that I know of, but I haven't played. Uh, so you yeah, got, you got schooled. You got schooled on video yeah. game knowledge. Yeah, I got schooled. It was a good read. <laughs> I also read uh, This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal Al-Motar. This is the one that's won the, it won the Hugo Award for Best Novella in 2020. 
Okay. And the Nebula best novella. It's, it's a shorter book. It's very, uh, I guess, lyrical in its prose, you could say. A lot of stuff that reads like she's running on the steps of uh, Jericho. There are teeth gnashing. She bites back. The stars realign. She's in front of Caesar. Knives fly through the air. <laughs> And you're just like, what's what's happening? And so I like, feel like there was some I, censorship on your part because of our third co-host. I, <laughs> I feel like I can't tell you exactly what happened throughout. Okay. But I can tell you what the book was feeling at me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those books. Like, I understand the emotions and everything it was sending my way. And whether or not I related to or understood those emotions. Uh, right. Up, up in the air. But okay. anyways, it's an interesting read. Won lots of awards. So... There you go. Nice. Okay. Uh, and at the moment, I'm reading Scar Tissue, which I by Anthony oh, yes. Kiedis. Yes. And uh, I definitely won't talk about it I in was our gonna say, company. That's a that's quite a bold move on your part. You never know when when you read a book about somebody you admire. Sometimes it yeah, well, is a mistake. Yeah, I. The more I've learned about him, it's definitely one of those cases where it's like, well, I certainly don't want to be yeah. this guy, and I don't <laughs> consider him to be, like, a right. hero. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, it's a good thing I learned to love his lyrics before I learned about his character. Yeah. It's all over the place with certain stuff. I mean, I'm almost done. I'm on 375 of 465. Okay. And he just finished talking about uh, the I'm With You album. There's a lot of stuff that happens before they form the band. They talk about, he talks a lot about John Frusciante leaving the kind of like dead zone of like the mid 90s. I mean, for him, it, a lot of stuff was happening. Uh, but it's also dealing, the, the overarching theme of this book is his quest for sobriety. That's you... like the that's the character arc, if you will. Okay, you haven't picked yeah. up Flea's book, have you? Uh, no, because that came after. So I wanted yeah. to read Scar Tissue first. Sure. Uh, and from what I understand, Flea's book, uh, Acid for the Children, is it stops right as they form. Oh. the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What a weird So it's choice. all like okay. Flea's earlier life, whereas this one is like. I was born to these people, and, like, it goes all the way to, like, 2003. Okay. But interesting stuff. I mean, he, you know, there are songs that he wrote on the I'm With You album that are about Kurt Cobain. He knew River Phoenix was there when they were recording oh, wow. uh, their, I'll just say, the fourth album, fifth album. <laughs> he was there when they Got did it. their fifth album. Okay. And there are some songs in there about... Uh, River Phoenix. In yeah. fact, I even think there's a song in uh, Give It Away Now. There's lyrics regarding River Phoenix. Wow. So I like, said I didn't realize know, they were connected. Just, yeah. So just kind of connect. I mean, he was babysat by Cher and Sonny and Cher. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, j there's, there's all these like weird things where you're like, oh, he knew this person. They yeah. were interacting with this person. So. Huh. That's that's heavy. That's a heavy bookmark. Mine is very light. I think I'll have our guest go next. Weston, have you been reading anything interesting you want to tell us about? I've been reading Tiny Titans as usual. Oh, yeah? Is that your favorite right now? Uh, you know, it's hard to decide. Okay. What are some, <laughs> of, the what are some of the titles of that series? Trios and Beyond. Okay. And these are ones, I mean, you've checked these out from the library so many times now, we had to go and buy our own copies because you just wanted them all the time. Yep. <laughs> who's your, who's yeah, I've your, been there. Yeah, yeah. Who's some of your favorite characters in Tiny Titans? Kid Flash, okay. like always. Good choice, yeah. Who writes these? I can't remember. Art Baltazar. Mm -hmm. And do you remember who does the oh, art? Oh, yeah. 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 Franco. Franco. That's right. They do a lot of James things together. James Franco. Not James Franco, Eric. He's doing the art. Not Stars Dave Franco. Stars the Spider-Man trilogy. No, it's a different no, guy. Not, well, I know it's not Dave Franco. Yeah. He would he's, get the job, but I don't think he could same, do the job. They're the same people who wrote Superman Family Adventures books. Oh, that's right. Oh, and yeah. uh, Superman with Smallville and stuff like that. They also wrote that Shazam book. Do you remember the Shazam one we read? No. Oh, okay. Well, they did. So two thumbs up for you? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So, good. That, yeah, that's the max amount of thumbs you can give. So that's yeah, that's, important. That's all you I've can do. I've also met him reading Ninjago. Oh, that's right. You have a Ninjago. Oh, Ninjago, yeah. Yeah. You have yeah, a Ninjago yeah. graphic novel now, right? Yep. What did you think of that movie? Oh, it was fun. Really? Yeah. What What's one of the funniest parts of the Ninjago movie? Well, spoilers! Spoilers! A villain is the leader of the superhero's father. Oh, really? Yep, the leader of the ninja's is father. That, is that a spoiler? Do we need to put up your spoiler tag for it? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. 
All right. One thing that you and I have been reading together is The Royal Book of Oz by Ruth Plumley Johnson. What do you think of that book so far? Actually, it's about how the Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, it's a Wizard of Oz book, but Ruth Plumley Johnson is the author. What did you think of it so far? Well, I've been liking it. It kind of freaked you out in places, didn't it? Yeah. The pictures sometimes. Yeah. Who's the spooky? Wait till, d- wait till your dad shows you Return to Oz. Yeah. That's the truth. There's one Wizard of Oz movie that's so scary. It's called Return to Oz, and it is spooky. But what was the character that freaked you out? Do you remember? Uh, isn't it that pumpkin guy? Oh, yes, Jack. Yep. And also um, the patch, the patchwork girl. Remember that? She's all like rags. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of crazy yes. stuff. But what about the snake that's all blocks? That's pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's fun. I yeah. like how... He has, like, a train conductor hat or yeah, something. Yeah, he does. Yep. Yep. A lot of crazy I, things happen in the Wizard of Oz series, Eric. Speaking of snakes, I just started playing a game called Snake Pass. Okay. And it's a very... You, you play as a snake, and it's weird because the controls are meant to be a snake. Okay. So you pr- you just press the right trigger, and that moves you forward. Okay. And then you can press the A, and that lifts your head up, and then you can, like, move him around so you can wrap around things, and you can... But that's it. Like, you don't have a jump. You don't have any control of your, like, the tail. Okay. So, like, you're trying to get high places, and he's just like, ah! And so you're dealing with how hard it is to live in the world as a snake. It's not easy. It's so, not easy playing a platformer as a snake. Are you trying to scare people because i have a game kind of like that no you're not you're just actually the snake's a vegetarian in this game you're just trying to collect orbs and keys and make the world better and swim through levels what's this game that you're playing that's so scary it's not scary it's called the untitled goose game and do you know what's funny about it it's untitled and untitled goose game is a title (laughs) and it says untitled that's how they get you yeah and All right. you're trying to freak people out and steal their stuff. <laughs> and yes. I'm still on the far in the farm, and I've been yeah. I've been collecting his stuff and doing a lot. I finally got his keys, but now how I'm stuck. So you have to like get the farmer's yeah. keys, and then you have to like open the gate. You have all sorts of little like missions you're trying to do. Actually. You can't open the gate with his key. You have to turn on the sprinkler in order to get in the garden. Oh, so it's like a puzzle game. you got to figure out what things make him do different things. Yeah, so now I ha- have to figure out how to get him to wear his sun hat. I can't <laughs> I can't get it off the yeah. rack and put oh. it on his head. I, and it's just impossible to get his hat off. That sounds crazy. Yeah. And I've been hiding stuff that he wants in his flowers. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So he's just wandering around his garden. Untitled Goose Game. (laughs) I saw they have that on Switch now, too. We have it on PS4, but but it is on Switch and other things. I have it on Steam. (laughs) And I found another place where I've stolen their pacifier. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. On the river. You're a real menace as and a goose, aren't Gary, you? Gary, where's my insulin? The goose got it. <laughs> Get the goose, Gary! And a water bottle. My insulin! <laughs> what other games have we been playing? Darn you, uh, goose! Eric's really, Eric's really digging into this uh, goose game here. Yeah. I think he should play it, don't you? Yeah, I had, yeah. A, I, I bought it. I bought the goose game for Steam because Kendra really very wants fun. to play it. It's a two-player. Well, yeah, not like very fun. It's kind of soothing. Soothing, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're the they they call what do they call him? The annoying goose. That's yeah. what people call him. Uh, yeah. The annoying goose and... online. He's just messing with stuff. He's just messing with yeah. people's lives. What about on the Switch? What have we been playing on the Switch? Uh, we've been playing Mega Man Eleven. Yes. I mean, Mega Man 2, the worst. No, no, no. We So we played we played the first five games. Which, which is the one on the Xbox. Yeah, there's like the first five games are like the Mega Man Legacy Pack or something. The Legacy Easy. Pack Volume 2, which is like games 7 through 10. It's like not possible to beat. That's true. Volume 2 of the of like the Legacy Pack is so hard. But right now we're playing Mega Man 11, which, which is, is on the Switch, which you can check out from the library. Yeah, and we've defeated everyone, but now Yellow Devil. Those yeah. things are so hard to beat. That's true. Yes, they are. I mean, you have to shoot the yeah. when their eye is open. 
The I yellow don't... devil has been plaguing people since the 1980s. So yeah, yeah. this is uh, yeah. this is relatable content. It's very hard. <laughs> I agree. You can't. It's like unbeatable. You, there's yeah. No trick to it. You just have to do it. It's really hard. So we've been kind of alternating between Mega Man 11 and uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which is a mm. lot of fun. Yeah, but Zelda, we were almost through a tomb and we died and yeah. start. Yeah, you have to go all in... All the way back He's right. at the beginning. You have to go through these tombs and get these runes to, like, open up castles and things. And we kept getting yes. to, like, the end of this one, and something would take us out, and we had to start all over again. So that's that's why it's nice to have a couple of games <laughs> in the mix. All right. As far as my reading, I've had a slow week. I've read a lot of... Um, I've read a lot of dinosaur-esque things that we'll talk about when we get Me to too. the... Yeah, I know. When we get to the Dino right. Rover Spotlight. But I did want to tell you that I finished Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet by Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Finally. I know. And that was a lot of fun because what's always seemed super weird to me about those series is that they share a narrator, you know? So, like, if you're a fan of Batman 66 and you switch over to the Green Hornet, Mm -hmm. you're expecting the same tone because you still get the, will the Green Hornet, you know? Like, you still get that vibe. But the show right. is so serious. Like, it's not funny or campy at all. It's a, it's a, meant to be a really serious show. The original, show. right. Yeah. So it's so weird. It's so weird to, like, keep some of the tonal things but have the have the the story be very serious and not funny. But what the, what the comic book does well is straddles the line of, like, the Batman goofiness and the Green Hornet seriousness in a way that I think is actually pretty true to both shows. So What a weird sentence that is. Yeah. The the Batman goofiness and the yeah. Green Hornet seriousness. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, it's just so funny. Like today to hear that. I know, but I mean, it's true. That's how yeah. it was. You knew what it was doing and being goofy on purpose. Yeah. So I'm currently reading still A Time for Mercy by Grish. This is the third book mm-hmm. in the Jake Brigance series. Uh, I'm liking it so far. It's just been slow going, so I don't have too much to report in that front. Uh, as right. far as what I've been watching. We've been watching Designated Survivor on Netflix. So this was a, it was mm-hmm. two seasons, I want to say on ABC, and then Netflix picked it up for the third season. Um, we didn't really watch it the first time around, but we, we started it on Netflix, and it's actually really good. It's an interesting story. It's where... Oh, this, yeah, the... Yeah, at every, at every State of the Union, they keep one cabinet official out in case something catastrophic happens. And of course, in this, it's Kiefer Sutherland, who is the HUD Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Yeah. And he becomes the president, only there's, like, basically no government because all, you know, the Supreme Court, the the House, the Senate, everybody was taken out in this attack. So it's almost, it feels, like, vaguely sci-fi to me because it's such a yeah. far, you know, it, it feels more like um, that show Jericho. Um, and it even has some cast members from Jericho in it. But, yeah, or um, Battlestar Galactica did, like, yeah, the same kind exactly, of thing. exactly, exactly. Like, feels- but I'm, what was, what was, Lynn, what was Rosalind? Was she education? Yeah. Secretary of yeah. Education. Yep. Oh boy, yep. that would be our oh my hell if that were to happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm in it, but it does. It has that like alternate, like a kind of a Harry Turtle Dove kind of feel to it. So I'm, I'm like, oh, the guy who writes the Atlantis books. Yeah. The alternate history. Yeah, you got, it. You got uh, it. Yeah, I watched an episode of this when my mom was watching it. Yeah, pretty. That's good all so I can far. say about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if she finished it. It got canceled though, right? Because uh... well, yeah, Netflix picked it up for uh, for ten. 10 episodes and kind of concluded it, but didn't order anymore. So mm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. One of we the uh, actresses from it is in something that I was paying attention well, to. How I can't informative. remember what it is now. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't remember what it was from. All right. Uh, we, I did finish watching Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, season 10 while, oh, yeah. while we have HBO Max temporarily because of my DC Universe app. Uh, I, I finished the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Always a good time. Right. Some fun recurring characters. Vince Vaughn was in it this time, which was, was cool. I, I was watching the uh, the Peacock has that on go that twenty four seven SNL channel. Yeah, and uh, the burn your enthusiasm. The Bernie the Bernie Sanders oh, curb mm-hmm. your enthusiasm thing mm-hmm. was there. That's fun, and it's funny. I I mean I've never watched an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I know of Jim Garland. So yeah, yeah. like all Jeff, that stuff. It's just, Jeff Garland. Yeah, Jeff Garland. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd enjoy it. I don't think it's your jam. Really. Well, I mean, you don't really like the awkward humor. It's a, it's a lot. Oh, do you? Okay, well, hey. I'm not going to discourage you from watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do it. Yeah. I think it starts well, strong. Well, as soon as and... HBO Max is on uh, Roku. Yeah, I know. Seriously. It's been uh, it's been 
10 it's 10 seasons but spread out over 20 years which is kind of crazy yeah that i mean that's a that's an adult swim show at that point yeah pretty much <laughs> what about you weston you watching anything good you want to share well don't talk about dinosaur yet we're not we're not to dinosaur zone but what what's your favorite show of the moment i've been watching pokemon pokemon yeah okay yeah good call all right do you have a, well, tell me a little bit about Pokemon. I don't see, I don't know anything about Pokemon. Eric does, I don't. So tell me about it. Well, it isn't really about anything but Pokemon. Got it. Okay. So Ash Ketchum, he Pokemon. wants to be the greatest like, Pokemon trainer out there. So he's going right? to go on a quest to get the eight uh, gym badges of, uh, of his area. Unfortunately, the day he's supposed to get his first Pokemon, he overslept. Thus, there's no Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle for him to obtain. Oh, my goodness. But Professor Oak still does have a Pokemon there waiting for him, and that Pokemon is Pikachu. Unfortunately, Pikachu has kind of a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Ash. But after some misunderstandings and some frustrating moments with other wild Pokemon, they kind of see eye to eye, and Ash has to, you know, really go out there to, to help Pikachu, and they, they kind of bonded. Along the way, Ash makes some friends, uh, yeah. both gym leaders, actually. Misty, who is the water gym leader of uh, Cerulean City, and wow. Brock. He, the first gym leader he chases. We find out Brock is raising his family, <laughs> a whole bunch of different brothers and sisters. I told you. The dad shows up. Eric's an expert. Anyway. Did that sound right? Did that sound like the plot yeah, of Pokemon 2? I, I used to be watching that one, but now I can't find it. Oh, I okay. typed in Pokemon on and it isn't on my Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe it's not on Netflix anymore. So which, that, which, what, what's the one that you're watching called? I, Sun and Moon. Oh, I'm watching oh that's the series. that's the brand new one. Wow, yeah. you're so hip, Weston. Nice, yeah. nice. Up and to date. I've got a few. Moon takes place on these islands that are similar to Here Hawaii. Do <laughs> you say have Pokemon cards? Yeah. Which What's yeah. your favorite Pokemon card that you have? I want to say Hey Bulbasaur, but yeah. I have this ultra rare GX card. Oh, they're the rarest. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, what was that Pokemon card you left in a book that you donated to the library forever ago? It was probably Cubone. It was either a Beedrill or a Cubone. It was Beedrill. It was Beedrill. Yeah, it was Beedrill. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Beedrill right. card was very nice. Okay. The Pokemon card. Nice. It's one of those things where, like, the B Pokemon from the game that I didn't carry around in my party for more than, like, one city and then the card is just you know it's great the card was cool wow. i remember cool. it being great. i think it was the hit points it was cheap and the hit points it had were very impressive and equaled out kind of its uh chance like moves wow did you ever read any of the pokemon manga we have in the collection i used yeah. to have a graphic about all the different pokemon mm, but... we do have some pokemon graphic novels in the library i can get them for you oh yeah all right uh what about you eric have you been watching anything yeah don't forget. Uh, we just started watching the Auntie Donna series that's on Netflix. They're a comedy troupe that uh, Kendra and I have known about, but I don't think, we, but because they're Australian, we haven't like seen. But we've I seen see. some of their stuff online. It's very funny. Don't watch with your kids. <laughs> uh, okay. But I mean, in the first episode, within like two minutes, Kendra was in tears. She was laughing so hard. And then it it just keeps going. So okay. I'd recommend it to anybody. If you don't, if you're not familiar with this Auntie Donna, I think it's called Auntie Donna's uh funhouse or something but definitely watch it and give it a chance and if you you'll know if you like it right away okay but it's it's good stuff all right so it's fun i mean we also finished uh we finished that canadian show about the family that was rich and then they're poor and then they're living in that town in canada it has oh something's creek so we finished that something's creek got it now we're caught up with the mandalorian Oh, fun. Okay, yeah, I'm caught up with The Mandalorian and as I, well. I, I finished that show, uh, I finished Cougar Town. Ah, does it end strong? I've never seen the end. Yeah, it ends okay. very strong. Does it have like a finale, like they knew it was the end? Yeah, they knew it was the oh, end. Oh, cool. Okay, well, that's always nice. Yeah. I want to watch that uh, other show that uh, Bill Lawrence did, The uh, Ground Floor, but I can't find it anywhere. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I think it only lasted two seasons. Oh, okay. It had Dr. Cox from uh, Scrubs in it. Boy, I don't remember that at all. All right. Okay, well, a Godspeed and looking Thank for it. What about Spin City? Yeah, man, I'll give Spin City I a love go. Spin City. I think it holds up. All right, Weston, we're moving on to the next part of the show. Do you know what that one is? So, now let's do some book news. Okay. Yeah, all right. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. 
Given the approval. Number 10 on the, well, yeah, on the New York Times bestsellers list, the combined print and ebook fiction. Maybe we'll see some dinosaurs on this. Uh, you never know where James is going to be. That's true. Number 10, Anxious People by Frederick Bachman, a failed bank robber, holds a group of strangers hostage at an apartment open house. Number nine, White Ivory. Uh, by Susie Yang. Years after being sent to China as punishment by her mother, Ivy Lin reconnects with her teenage crush, but her past threatens to catch up with her. Oh, see, that happens. Sometimes your past catches up to you. So mm-hmm. you got to be real careful. Yeah. Number eight, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. The I've read of it. Twin sisters who run away from a southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns to the other, takes on a different racial identity, but their fates intertwine. But do they? That's my question. <laughs> Having read the book, do they really intertwine? Number seven, The Invisible Life of A.D. LaRue by okay. V.E. Schwab. A Faustian bargain comes with a curse yeah. that affects the adventure A.D. LaRue has across centuries. Number six is The Searcher by Tana French. Mm-hmm. After a divorce, a former Chicago police officer resettles in an Irish village where a boy goes missing. Yeah. Number five, The Evening in the Morning by Ken Follett. It's a prequel to the Pillows of the Earth, a boat builder, a Norman noblewoman, no. a monk. A priest, a rabbi. How is that not uh, the setup for a joke? Every time you say it, I think you're lining me up for a zinger. England, the, okay. I've been uh, I've been working on this thing about uh, about regular Thomas. Okay. And how how hard his life is because he's got uh, sure. he's got there's a peeping Tom yeah. in the village. Yeah. People are like oh there's peeping Tom. He's like no, no I'm, I'm regular other one. Tom. Yeah, kind of a life of Brian That's situation maybe. Okay. Number four, The Return by Nicholas Sparks, of a the doctor Mac? serving in the Navy in afghanistan goes back to north carolina where two women change his life number three Mm -hmm. the sentinel by lee child and andrew child and beverly child and Mm -hmm. thomas child and uh michael child and uh child child yeah yeah kid child i think julia (laughs) i think julia Julia child Child. if i remember right yeah yeah uh also ooh child (laughs) child Jack Reacher intervenes on an ambush in Tennessee and uncovers the conspiracy. Number two, A Time for Mercy by John Grisham, the third book in Jack Briggins' series. Jake. Jake. Yeah. Jake Briggins. Number one, new this week. Drum roll. Uh, Oh, there was no James Patterson. You know what? Sometimes you go looking for dinosaur bones and you don't find them. You don't find them. Uh, Number one, Fortune and Glory by Janet Ivanovich, the 27th book in the Stephanie Plum series. Yes. Stephanie... Sorry, I saw this and I was puzzled by it because it's the first one that's not like, you know. <gasps> it doesn't have a number. No. Yeah. What, no. Where's the 27th to glory? Yeah. Or glory 27. Yeah. It Stephanie did. deals with a soldier of fortune from Little Havana. The book jacket has something that says like, it's not sizzling, but it's something like that. Like, or, or triumphant 27 something. It oh, yeah. Thing. It's called fortune and glory. But then it says tantalizing 27. Really small at the bottom. So that's weird. It seems What's like going on 26 books in. Is a weird time Sounds to like change. Sounds like the sun is oh. getting a little bit too much control. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, now is the moment we've all been waiting for. Eric's baby's basically been working his whole life up for this moment. That's right, Weston. What's our theme today? Dinosaur. Because what month is it? Dinovember. That's right. It's Dinovember. So, Weston is our expert here on a new show called Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. So, this is a Netflix series, uh, came out in 2020, and was actually, a lot of it was recorded uh, remotely, just because of the pandemic and everything, but it but it all came together, and it came out. It's set sort of concurrently with Jurassic World, and has already been renewed for a second season. So, Weston, uh, what is this about? What's What's the basic plot of this show? Can I tell you about what happened in the last episode of season one? Oh, that's a spoiler. I don't think we should do... Let's set up the show first. Tell us what the show is about to start with. Well, it's about a bunch of kids going to Camp Cretaceous after they... He beat the Jurassic World game. Yeah. So, like, they win. If you win the Jurassic World video game, it's kind of a Willy Wonka situation where you get a, a golden ticket to go to Jurassic World, and one of the kids gets that. One of them is kind of like the spoiled rich kid. One is like a social media person who, you know, is supposed to, like, drive up interest. She's an influencer, Eric. And, it, you know, it's, it's made up of just this kind of diverse group of kids who... Uh, are there to experience Jurassic World. Now, Weston, this was your first... Was this your first Jurassic Park, Jurassic World thing you'd ever seen? No. Oh, really? What was the first? Uh, the first one was at Lego Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Did you like that? Yeah. Okay. I loved it. 
So did you have a favorite character in Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous? Uh, Kenji. Why did you like Kenji? Kenji said VIP way too many times. He That's said true. It- Kenji is Kenji's sort of the spoiled rich kid jock who is he's he's a self-proclaimed alpha male as it says so he's the one who's like yeah let's do this getting everybody into trouble uh Darius is really the lead he's the one who who wins the who gets there by winning the game and he's the one who's like the super Jurassic Park dino fan he's the one who's like always he's the one who's like saving everybody because he he's the Eric of the group basically don't you think yeah yeah he's kind of the Eric of the group what I have it, dino hand sanitizer with dinosaur DNA. Yes, Weston does have special dinosaur hand sanitizer. See? Eric, did you ever watch more than the first two episodes of, of the show? No, I've still only seen the first two episodes. It starts It starts kind of slow, right? They're just like going to the camp and stuff. But Weston, did you think that it was scary? Uh, yeah, and the most surprising part that made both of us jump was when... Uh, it, was the, it was the... Is it Carnotaurus? Carnotaur? Yeah, Carnotaurus. Yeah. Carnotaurus. He's, bad. He's a bad Kenji guy. Accidentally made it a loud echo. Yeah. Five seconds later, a Carnotaurus was like. Yeah, he popped right through. They were they were crawling through the vents like diehard style, trying yeah, to get he out. Just mm-hmm. Jumped yeah. and I was like, ah. We both did jump. <laughs> I I think you I think Eric, you might actually enjoy it, only because like I am scared of Carnotaurus. You are, yeah. Uh, he's he's a yeah. good bad guy, and the Indominus is sort of like wandering through the whole time, yeah. right? He's we just kind of see him every once in a while. Listen, yeah. not to make him a scarier dinosaur than he already is, but the Carnotaurus Carnotaurus means you know meat eating bull. Meat eating bull. What's yeah. your favorite dinosaur, Weston? Raptor. Oh uh, yeah. I like mm-hmm. raptors. Yeah, yeah, but I thought you liked the tiny ones. Oh yeah. What yeah, the Compsonophagus. There you go. Eric said Com- the whole. They name. call them compies on the uh, in the show. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. were fun. The thing about it was, like, it, when it started, it seemed like, well, they're not really going to be able to do the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park peril that you're used to. But they they did. I mean, it, <laughs> they really went for it. In a lot of cases, I was kind of like, whoa, okay, well, that let's move on from that quickly. Because stuff you does happen. Bumpy. Yeah. The, oh, tell them about Bumpy, yeah. Bumpy is a, what's he called again? Ask Eric. What? What's Bumpy? Oh, an Achylosaurus. Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. He was kind of your favorite nice dinosaur, don't you think? Yeah. One of the characters, Ben, finds him in Dr. Wu's lab, and he yes. becomes, I don't know, he sort of follows them around, and he's, he can sense the danger before they can, so he becomes kind of an important little guy. But it is it actually ends up being a pretty a pretty scary, a pretty intense Jurassic yeah, World story. Yeah, none of them want Ben to bring Bumpy. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they're glad that they do, because Bumpy knows when the, di- the big dinosaurs are coming. He can feel it. Yeah, but he's not fully grown. Correct. He's like a teenager. <laughs> he's a teenager dinosaur, you know. Mm, so he's yeah. got the acne and the bad attitude, yeah. and he's always yeah. in his bedroom and stuff. Baby yeah, that's how it works. It ends on a pretty big cliffhanger, Eric. I don't want to spoil it for you, but don't don't tell him what happens at the very end. But we're ready for season two, don't you think? We need to know what happens next. Yep. Pretty exciting. All right. Tell us a little bit about the um, the Lego ones. Because you've been watching. There's I, three different Jurassic World Lego shows. Yeah. I think I can only remember one name, Secret Exhibit. I mm-hmm. really like that one. Yeah. That one was one of my favorites. But there is the last one is the whole series. Yeah. There is there is one on Netflix now that's like 13 episodes or something. And it's set... I think it's a kind of a prequel to Jurassic World. I was watching it in... This dark. Yeah, it got uh-huh. really, it got dark out. Yeah, it was just like this, and I, and it's kind of scary. Was it more fun to watch mm. in the dark? Yes. Wow. The fun thing about the Lego ones is that the the series, like the long series on on Netflix, has an episode where um, Malcolm comes back, and whoever they got voicing the Goldblum character does a really good job. It's very Malcolm-esque. And there's also... Uh, there's also, Owen has raptors. Yeah, Owen has the raptors. There's also one where Grant comes back. So it's just kind of fun to see those characters he's interacting Grant. with the new ones. He has, like, the, the hat, and he's got the red ascot and the blue shirt. He's oh. only in the one episode. All right, so, Weston, what do you think your favorite Jurassic World thing is that you've watched for Die November? I think it was... The last... The secret like, exhibit? Yeah. Okay, okay. And what was the scariest Jurassic World thing you watched? 
Camp Cretaceous. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you jumped you mm. jumped pretty high on some of those. That was creepy. Yeah, it was definitely creepy. Eric, did you now I remember last year for Dino November you were gonna read what was the book that you were gonna read that is now impossible to find? Carnosaurus. Carnosaurus. Yeah, I, I had made the promise that I read Carnosaurus for Dino November. That was what I was planning on. Uh, but I didn't realize that it's like an out of print, hard to, impossible to find. It was like $100 on Amazon. Yeah. And that that's the one that was made into like a Roger Corman movie, right? Like kind of a kind of a mock buster around when Jurassic Park came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, Carnosaurus won. Gosh, I think it was the same. And it's using like puppets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, aren't there several a, though? Uh, didn't it didn't it spiral into like many? Oh, I think it's uh, yeah, I think it has its own uh, weird series. But, but yeah, it's it's people. I like a mad scientist, mm-hmm. and the book came out before Jurassic Park. Seems well, like if you if you see a copy of Carnosaur by Harry Adam Knight out there in the wild, grab it. You grab it. I know that Roger yeah. Ebert named it the worst movie of 1993. But weirdly, yeah. well, Gene... he also gave Jurassic Park like three stars or something. So mm. what does he know? Well, Gene Sisto. He's like, what about the people? Gene... Why don't we care about the characters? <laughs> <laughs> Gene Siskel kind of liked it, if that helps. Carnosaur. The film. Right, yeah. The film has. Let's see. There's three movies: Carnosaur Two, Carnosaur Three, Primal Species, and two official spinoffs: Raptor. And in 2006, Raptor. Raptor your favorite. The... I love Raptor. I know you do. The Eden Formula. So this is all stuff you gotta you gotta read and listen to and watch, okay, Eric? Um, now my promise last year uh, was twofold, and mine were affordable because Super Dinosaur we have at the library. So I was able to check out Super Dinosaur by Robert Kirkman, and we talked a little bit about this over on Comic Book Coffee Break. This is a four volume series by Robert Kirkman, and the insane thing to me is it is there's no attempt at a resolution. It just ends on a right. cliffhanging to be continued. Yeah. You've sung the praises of this series until now. Well, it starts so strong, you know? It's like the first volume is is definitely very for a young age. You might like Super Dinosaur Weston. Have you ever read that one? No. No? It starts really strong. The first one has this cliffhanger that's like, oh my gosh, I have to read volume two. Uh, Though it took me several years to pick up the rest of the series. But I got to the end and was like, surely there must be a volume five. Surely there is some conclusion to this somewhere. But no. No, they put out four volumes of it and just left it completely unresolved. So I sort of feel like I can't really recommend Super Dinosaur, even though it's a good time most of the time because it just doesn't go anywhere. And not even like a lot of thing is wrapped up, but there's a little bit hanging. The story does not resolve in any way, which I think for that kind of thing, like a kid's graphic novel is crazy to me. I don't know why Mm -hmm. someone couldn't squeak out, you know, whatever it costs to have like one more concluding issue when they put it out in trade paperback. But no. The other thing I read, uh, and this this is a movie, Weston, that I think you would like if it actually came to a movie. It's called Star Trek First Frontier. And this is a Star Trek novel, of course, as you might have mm-hmm. guessed, by, yes. by Diane Carey. I thought it was a movie. No, there's not a movie. Hmm. It's by Diane Carey and by Dr. James I. Kirkland. And James oh. Kirkland, is this a name you've come across, Eric, in your, in your studies of all things dinosaur? Uh, it's the one who wrote the Utah Raptor, Raptor Red, who he just discovered. He yeah, he discovered the Utahraptor. He yeah. looking at his like Wikipedia page and his uh, his he's an American paleontologist and geologist, and he actually like discovered and named several different uh, dinosaurs mm-hmm. over the course of his career, including the Utahraptor, which is now the, yeah. the state. Listen, I'm looking at all the other dinosaurs that he discovered, and it's kind of like a well, you certainly have discovered some dinosaurs that look like other dinosaurs but i gotta give it up if he if he chose the name for diabloceratops well done that's yeah that's pretty good that's that's a solid choice which basically i mean it just translates to devil devil horned face dinosaur Anyway, so the book, right right on the cover, I mean, you know. You know you're in for a good time because it's Kirk and Spock and there's just a big dinosaur on the back. Do you recognize what this dinosaur is that's behind them? Is it a real dinosaur? Is it like, look out, it's a Spockosaurus. Was that a Dr. McCoy? I don't know. That kind of sounded like a Spock, look out. No, it looks like a thoropod of some kind. Okay. Well, anyway. What are we looking at here? I don't know. The, the oh. plot of the book is actually kind of fun. What happens is they're on they're on this mission, uh, watching this, uh, you know, some some Stargo Nova. Or I, well, I don't even remember what it is, but they basically find themselves in the past, 
Mm-hmm. And there, there's there's this whole like time travel situation, and they don't really know what's going on. The bulk of the story, they're in a point in time that they think is the present, but Earth is completely under like there's nothing there like there's no Mm -hmm. there's no humans on earth it's just like Mm -hmm. a big jungly kind of planet right does somebody suggest they're in like the 1980s and then somebody's like but those are dinosaurs and mccord's like you've never been to the 80s (laughs) no but i would read that too honestly if that (laughs) if that were to come up no but they they find out that something happened that prevented earth being developed into like the society that we know and it's just like the dinosaurs never died off and so like ah, humans and mammals yeah, yeah just never never thrived never grew so the kind of Vulcans... like uh, the good dinosaur yeah kind of like is that. star trek's the good dinosaur yeah yeah pretty much i don't like that movie are you how do you feel about that movie i think it's fine okay i think if that's the worst we're ever gonna get from pixar and it's not mm-hmm. that goes to cars too uh, oh no 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 no! I beg to differ. Monsters University is much worse oh than Cars Two. Oh my gosh! Too. All right, you're right. But anyway, okay. Good Dinosaur is not their worst film, and I think there's some stuff in there. Okay. And they choked me up at the end. Yeah, but you all know, right. you don't all have right. to work too hard like that. That's so. true. A Pixar movie about dinosaurs. I mean, you always <laughs> you you were always going to be there. So anyway, they end up sort of teaming up with with Vulcans, and there's a whole thing with the Klingons, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, so it's just sort of like what if the starship enterprise showed up on on yeah. earth but it was just like dinosaurs and yeah. there is some pretty cool stuff where they're down on the planet and they're like being stalked by dinosaurs and it gets real technical about the dinosaurs so i think that uh dr james i kirkland did all right uh by the star trek crew here and his last name is kirk his name is james kirkland so right. i, I mean you. right there right there you have a pretty good connection uh, what else you got for for uh, Dino Vember? Did you finally yeah, read that you book? You haven't that been was... able to let me finish uh, talk about the rise and fall of the dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. History of the Lost yes, World by Stephen Brissett. Yeah. All right. Let me hear it. I don't know. As I've said before, your mileage might vary on this because sometimes he's talking about like how how do sauropods even work? How do they live? How do they survive? How do they breathe? And then mm-hmm. like explaining that you're like, right. whoa, that's crazy. Sauropods, they're insane. And then he's like, anyways, I was driving down the road with my friend uh, James <laughs> Johnson, and that's he's he's want. a big name. If you know anything about names in paleontology, you know that you should be jealous cool. of cool. me right now. Anyways, we had this vintage wine i think it was a 78 <laughs> oh best wine in the world i'm sorry and this was uh, written by stephen king is that right no Am this was stephen okay. brusette i stephen mean Brissette. he would just he'd be talking about the dinosaurs and then it would be name dropping and hanging out with this person it's like oh yeah. nobody asked for your travel log here we only want to, we're picking up this book for the dinosaurs and yeah. i don't know whose decision it was to split it it's half the size if you take that stuff out and so i just trained myself to skim through that stuff and yeah pay attention for when he's like so anyway the allosaurus that that is a uh, major pet peeve of mine in in mm-hmm. books or or podcasts or, or whatever it is when it's like the person telling the story can't resist continuing to insert themselves into the story i hate it i hate it so mm. and i'll tell you what the marketing for this book the cover of this book does not tell you that it's half travelogue no no so it's got some they cool really they the slip that in there uh i appreciate it because there's a whole thing on tyrannosaurs okay but then there's just a chapter for the T-Rex itself. I see. And he's just calling it. Anytime the book is like, the T-Rex is the rock star, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> it's like, lived hard, lived fast. I'm like, go on! <laughs> uh, and there was actually kind of a sad a moment for me because he's talking about T-Rexes and how like they show up a little late in the Cretaceous, but then they're there right to the end, that the T-Rexes were there when the asteroid fell. Yeah. And, you know, they, they went out on top. I'm like, oh, man! <laughs> So truly the Elvises of yeah, the, or the Jimi uh, yeah, Hendrix definitely. Say, of uh, the dinosaur world. I don't want to say the Elvises anymore because Elvis didn't really go out on top, did he? He did not. No, he did not. Let's yeah. not talk about it. Well, this uh, is this is quite a turnaround because this started being the book that you read right before you went to sleep. So to help you fall asleep. And it ended the, up being tub. yeah, your rock star tub book by the end. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. I mean, I all the conversations about sauropods was cool. Um, talking about how, I mean, it's crazy to think that like stegosaurs were like everywhere during the Jurassic, and then the Cretaceous was like, ah, uh, no, sorry, we're full up on dinosaurs. <laughs> stegosaurs, you can take a hike, and they're like, but you let the ankylosaurus in there. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's just it's, they just disappear. But also, kind of talking about that there were less variations, I guess, on dinosaurs. Okay, there, you had you kind of had 
And maybe that was part of the reason they went extinct so fast. It was just like a perfect storm. It wasn't mm -hmm. just that the asteroid fell. Right. It was that you had all these creatures that were had been around for a while and had now in their designated uh, species kind of setting so that when the asteroid fell and things went wrong, it, it was just dominoes because they weren't varied enough to mm -hmm. survive changing climates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, kind of sad thing. And talking about how North America at the time, there's like a strip from like uh, basically Alaska down to uh, Texas. That was j like if you look at uh, the Cretaceous North American map, it's just this strip. And that's the strip that the T-Rex was just in. Mm -hmm. And like you're, you've got your Edmontosauruses there. You've got your Triceratops and you've got your Pachycephalosaurus. You've got just these plant-eating dinosaurs like I guess we live on this strip with the T-Rex now. This kind of sucks for us. <laughs> So it was a fun read. So you just it basically goes from like the early times up to the Cretaceous and okay. then, you know, talking a little bit about the end end times. So it kind of like a all encompassing book, like okay. the uh what well, walking with dinosaurs mm -hmm. in book four in, in some way. So whereas that T Rex book that I had read, I wouldn't necessarily suggest to anybody because it was just kind of like, well, if you know this stuff, then you know this stuff. And if you don't, it seems like he's doing it in an overcomplicated way. The yeah. uh, Tyrannosaur Chronicles by David Hone. Uh, this, I feel like, could be the everyman dinosaur book in a lot of ways if it wasn't for all those stinking travelogue stuff. Mm. Because I feel like that's going to take your attention away and yeah. it makes it so much longer. Yeah. It's bizarre. What a weird choice. Yeah. I got to read uh, Dinosaurs Without uh, Bones at some point. Ah. There's also a new book. Dinosaurs rediscovered. Why don't they have bones? Right. Well, I think it's what we know about dinosaurs minus what we've learned from their bones, someone, like footprints. Someone and, took their bones. No, I, it's not a bunch of like gelatinous dinosaurs oh. just flopping around. Blah, 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 blah. Like that snake game. Yeah, like you the snake game. You control them like in the so snake game. Yeah, yeah, Weston or your goose game. You know what I mean? It's just like so a snake. It's, uh, it's more like a if dinosaurs were jellyfish is what you were saying. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool. I've learned about this new dinosaur called the uh, Belor Bondock. Mm. Uh, it's basically this, like, I don't know, three-foot-tall raptor creature that lives on an island. Okay. Uh, had, like, the double velociraptor claws. Okay. But it's, like, stockier and Ooh. more dangerous. But because wow. it, you know, it was, because it was on an island, so you have, like, these... Uh, smaller versions and everything talked about uh the argentinosaurus just about how sauropods just went like to the max and argentinosaurus is probably as big as any creature on land can even get mm -hmm. so wow yeah okay that sounds pretty so. good i also did some scholarly uh dinosaur reading uh, -huh. uh this this uh, a book that came out in 1978 called devil dinosaur by jack kirby have you have right. you heard of have you have you heard of Devil Dinosaur Eric? The red dinosaur that normally hangs out with Moon Girl. Moon Girl, these yeah, days. that's true. Yep, he's found a new pal these days. This yeah. came out in, as I said, nineteen seventy eight, uh, written and drawn by Jack Kirby. And uh, Jack Kirby, I feel like most most comic book fans, I think, are a fan of his art. I think it's a lot more divided on wh whether you want to want something that was actually written by Jack Kirby. Uh, but I actually thought Devil Dinosaur was among the best of his stuff that I read. And hmm. I know that you were not too hip to read this, but I think you actually might dig it because it's a pretty it's a pretty laid back story about Devil Dinosaur, who's just a red dinosaur. He doesn't talk, he's just a legit dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And his little sidekick, Moon Boy, who is sort of like uh he's he's got a very Planet of the Apes vibe to him. Right. So he's like that point in, in development. And so he's just like riding around on Devil Dinosaur. And they're just like getting into scrapes, you know, like there's these, there's this kind of like the group of the, the bad guys, you know, who chase them around or sometimes people are trying to like take over the land or they're just trying to find a place to like rest for the night. And there's, you know, there's, there's ruffians in, in their zone. And yeah, so each issue is just sort of Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur get into some trouble and they work together to to work it out they're just in the <laughs> they're just in a prehistoric time just living their uh, moon boy and devil dinosaur lives one issue uh a little a little bit of cosmic trouble happens and devil dinosaur finds himself in 1978 nevada and he's not a fan eric he doesn't he doesn't like it he doesn't yeah, like i don't it. know if he'd love 2020 nevada yeah i don't think so. he would no i don't think he would so it's nine issues 
And it does, I mean, it doesn't really have like a finale, but you know, it, it mentions like, and this is the end for Devil Dinosaur for now. So they at least knew when the when the issue came out that that was the yeah. end. But I actually think like if you, but you if, kept reading, no? I did. Yes, I did. Um, and in 2015, Devil Dinosaur is picked up again for the first time. He 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 gets his own series again, and he hadn't in between ever uh, had a, a title. But he'd pop mm-hmm. up in different things, and I've I've had Devil Dinosaur pop up in things that I've read here and there. But I really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed the '70s run, and I feel like if you haven't read Jack Kirby stuff, I think that's actually a good place to start because New Gods mm. or the Eternals are so trippy, and this is just very straightforward, mm. but still has the cool look that you want from a Jack Kirby thing, right? But after that, I was like, I like this character, I like this world, I like this setting, and so I picked up Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Volume One, which is a 2015 series by Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair, with art by uh, Tamara Bonvillain. As you go on, uh, quit name dropping. Who are you? Sorry, the guy who wrote Rise and Fall of Dinosaurs. Yeah, I wrote Rise and Fall of Dinosaurs, and I thought you'd uh. want to hear about me and my friend just <laughs> bumming around Utah, but apparently not. Uh, this so this series starts this way. Ultimately, the art is taken over by friend of the show Alita Martinez, and we did talk a little bit about her work on Moon Girl and mm-hmm. Devil Dinosaur in our interview uh, a few episodes back. But this is set in the current era, and there's a little girl Lunella who is who is Moon Girl. She has the Inhuman gene, and she's trying to figure out a way. She's a super genius, and she's trying to figure out a way to stop the Terragon Mist from turning her into some sort of Inhuman creature. Right. Yeah. In doing so, she somehow opens a portal to the the world of, of Devil Dinosaur. And Jack Kirby always sort of played Devil Dinosaur like it was an alternate world and not just like set in our past. And this right. kind of picks up that thread. So it opens up and once again we see uh, we see Moon Boy and we see Devil Dinosaur and we see the like the group of, of like roughs that are after him trying to get this orb and Devil Dinosaur actually accidentally makes his way back to the present, as he did in the Jack Kirby run. And the and the bad guys come after him, but Moon Boy is stuck in the past. So he ends oh, up still Okay, good. That he, Moon Boy's still there. Yeah, Moon Boy's in the past. He ends up sort of teaming up with the new Moon Girl. And ultimately the Amadeus Cho version of Hulk shows up and sort of helps her get things under control. And they start a little journey. And this first six issues so volume one ends with the tarragon mist coming which is an inhuman thing yes uh, sure is coming and it just shows where she would suck fest yes where moon girl was is just an egg and so devil dinosaur takes the egg and is guarding it and that's how this volume ends so we don't really know what happens with her but the series is popular and it went for at least almost almost 50 issues i don't know if it's still going but it was a certainly outlasted jack kirby's nine issue run but it's fun because the the devil dinosaur design in both the kirby and the new era is fun it's cool and he's just a dinosaur you know he's just a dinosaur who's friendly i mean he doesn't try to eat anyone but it's a good time i i think you ought to give it a shot i think you ought to find find devil dinosaur on the marvel app because it is a quick read and it's not super wordy like you'd expect from kirby i had a good time with that that was Kirby's Devil Dinosaur was uh, was the highlight of my Dinovember, even more than First Frontier. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! I yeah, I know that you keep Dinovember in your heart year round. Did Spock? So. Oh, it's a bunch of sauropods. Oh, that's fun. On my calendar for November, I haven't changed it. That's nice. Time doesn't mean anything in 2020. No, it doesn't. Uh, the uh, all right, we got a giraffe ta- uh, giraffe titan and a dinosaurosaurus coexisted. Okay, oh, there it fun. is. Yeah. So I'm looking at the uh, Giraffe Titans, uh, yeah. late Jurassic era sauropods that sure. will look a little bit more like Brachiosaurus. Yeah, you to got to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, gotta love the Brachiosaurus. You do, you do, and I do. So, I do. I I love the Brachiosaurus. All right. Do you have anything else you're gonna try to try to get under the radar of Dinovember? Any special dinosaur? celebrations I, you have I planned looking for other dinosaur books actually reading this rise and fall of the dinosaurs made me realize i don't know a lot about megafauna like the the big giant mammals that have been around to think that like there's a sloth that was like you know 
just skyscraped over yeah. people yeah. that existed on this planet. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's it crazy, crazy to look at like the creatures that came after the dinosaurs and be like, these are bizarre. Mm-hmm. These are so weird. These giant mammals. And I don't know. I feel like I need to start like going that way now. I agree. Get a little, get a little info about those creatures. Cause I it's think just, you should. It's just nuts. I mean, dinosaurs are always going to, you know, they're not going to top the dinosaurs. No, but, you can't. Uh, to think that we shared the same planet with these freaks, it's uh, something. Have you ever watched any of the, like, you know, like, basically the Sharknado, but with dinosaurs? Have you ever watched, uh, like, any Dino B movies like that? No. Because I've watched dinosaur documentaries. Right. But not any goofy dinosaur. What about, uh, what about the Rift Tracks Planet of the Dinosaurs? Have you seen that? No, that's, but there was the uh, that's a good one. one that had uh, uh, Future War. Okay. That was like Terminator and Jurassic Park. Nice. You remember the uh, the John, uh, more like Jean Claude Van Darn or John Jean Claude Garcia Darnit. Yeah. <laughs> Planet of the Dinosaurs is a good time, and every time the dinosaur shows up, they're just straight up claymation. So mm-hmm. that's fun. I think Ega also with Richard Kiley uh, is is another mystery science theater dino movie. Mm. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's it. All right. Well, remember, we've got all sorts of dino craft kits uh, that, that you can Ooh. pick up down at the curbside pickup location. Uh, we're doing different crafts each week. And you missed it, but we showed the crudes. And we had, like, one great night in November, mm. weather-wise. And so we scheduled a movie sort of last minute. And we had a great turnout. So it was that was a lot of fun. I turned the crudes off. Yeah, actually, I did, too. We were going to watch it at home when it first came yeah. out. And we watched, the, like, the first five minutes. And I was like, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. I don't need this in my life. But there's a new one, yeah. right? Isn't there, like, a new The Crudes? There's a Crudes, too. I don't know. Yeah. After the Ryan's Reynolds character showed up, I'm like, I'm just not in this. Goodbye, Crudes. You tried. Is that Nick Cage? Yes, Nick Cage and yeah. Emma Stone. Yeah. I don't know. You'd think that would hold me, but it just didn't. No, it did not. What are you going to do? All right. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a wrap on Die November. Unless you got yeah. any, can you hit us? Can you take us out with with uh, two to three unusual Dino facts? Unusual? Yeah. Uh, they, that... they they didn't have knees. Really? Yeah. Huh. They didn't have. Oh, well, they didn't have kneecaps. Oh, I see. Uh, they didn't have kneecaps. The other thing is, I guess you know the Pachyosaurus, the ones that have like the dome head that you often see, like butting heads or yeah. ramming into each other. Uh, I've seen theories that say th- they weren't actually used for that, and maybe that was just like the base of like a skin horn. Oh, so you know the I those duck billed dinosaurs that have the the parasol yeah, that yeah, have. Yeah. The, so maybe it was like that. I see. So there's that, and I guess. Oh, they have this, this Spinosaurus. People just recently discovered that he had like a weird flap tail kind of thing, like an okay. actual fin tail. Wow. So instead of like a dinosaur tail like we normally see, it's got like a paddle tail. <laughs> so it's just the Spinosaurus is just the weirdest looking dinosaur in the world. Sounds it's like, like it. the duck billed platypuses of dinosaurs, except yeah. it would eat you. It's massive. Really? So, okay. I found a, a, a dinosaur alignment chart mm-hmm. that took the Dungeons and Dragons alignment charts and, uh, put him up there and spinosaurus was like lawful evil because or maybe even neutral because he's the biggest meat-eating dinosaur there is but he just eats fish Mm -hmm. so you're okay yeah stegosaurus was put as lawful good and the reasoning was he's just a good boy that loves the sun (laughs) that's like you yeah i'm just i love the sun i'm a good old boy that loves the sun that's all you are that's That's great so stegosaurus is actually nick's favorite dinosaur but he's not aware of it most of the time i know i've got it locked and loaded after that one time you asked me and i didn't think you'd ever forgive me when i was like oh i don't know that was uh that was a hard time it was a trying time uh, kendra's is the paris of all of us she was like what's what's ducky from land before time yep yep yep. yeah so that's her favorite. We didn't even talk about Land Before Time. Truth be told, Weston, Weston is not in here right now, so I can tell you this. But I I just can't bring myself to uh, watch the first Land Before Time with him because I just don't think he could take it. Hmm. Littlefoot's mom. I mean, it's just it's yeah. too much. I don't yeah. think he'd ever get over it. No, you don't. You don't I, get over I that haven't moment. gotten over it. I'm yeah. sad thinking about it right now. So, yeah. Daddy! Too much. It is too yeah. much. It's a lot of baby dinosaurs being separated yeah. from their parents. Spike doesn't make any sense there. He's a stegosaurus, but he's also the only stegosaurus you see, and I think he's kind of adopted, so he might uh, be the last. Yeah, could be. Oh. Could be. Yeah. yeah, Disney's dinosaur tried to do something with that, because there was mm. that uh, Brachiosaurus that was like the last of her kind. Okay. It was also a bad movie. Yeah, that's what I I'm hear. I'm going to give it a chance. <laughs> I'm going to give it a second chance. For Dino Member. I think yeah. you should. 
I'm gonna yeah. watch Disney's Dinosaur and see if it's as terrible as I remember. It's got okay. an iguanodon. All right. So the ride is great in Disney World, but you know, only go there at your own risk now, and yeah. not because of the dinosaurs. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. I wish our only problem was dinosaurs roaming the earth right Me now. Me too. You know what? Me too. I hear Jurassic World three. I mean, did they wrap filming? Is that where they no, are? No, Dominion's been delayed. Oh, it has been delayed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what do I know? Sorry. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for sharing your dino facts with us. Weston, it's time to wrap things up. All right. Well, I want to thank our special guest, Weston, for joining us. Weston, thanks for thanks for reviewing Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. Thanks. Bye. It was it. scary. It sounds too scary for me. Do you think it's too scary for Eric? Uh, no. You should oh, watch okay. it. All right. Well, I got to finish it then. I'll yeah, catch up and I'll let you it. know. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. You can join us next week when we uh, are doing a retrospective, a look back on five years of all the books. So we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks, buddy.